Autobots Transform. Well, hey, welcome back to the Transformers Nitpickers Podcast Show. I'm Paul. I'm John. And today it is episode 46 of Transformers Armada. It is Drift. It's also the last episode of 2022, and I'm sure 2023 can't be any worse. Oh, no. I said it out loud. <laughs> well, now you did it. Well, if this is any kind of indicator, this episode was written by Ryamoto Hira. Oh, man. But the last time on Transformers Armada, Hotshot was able to confront Galvatron and convince him to take the threat of Unicron seriously. Remember that? Galvatron took the threat of Unicron seriously. And in this episode, we watched the last 30 seconds of the last episode opening bumper. And when we come back, Thrust is still on the run. And even though Demolisher didn't go after him last time, I don't think. No. Galvatron's blaming him for letting Thrust escape. And, oh, you're a moron and bring him <laughs> back or else. Yeah, this, this episode is maybe one of the worst when it comes to the sin of translation uh, fuck-ups, let's say. But <laughs> uh, Hotshot and Wheeljack are already on Thrust's trail going into the tunnels of Cybertron, I guess. And then Sideswipe tells Optimus that half of the Autobots refuse to leave their position. Well, yeah, because it's like, uh, what's going on in Sector 48 or Area 48, whatever it is, and the Autobot commander there is like, no, we're not going anywhere. Do you have any idea how many sacrifices we made to hold this position? And Hoist's like, man, it's an order. You got to do it. And he's like, what do you think we've been doing the whole time? We've been following orders. Yeah, yeah. Hoist and Scavenger are actually on site uh, telling these Autobots to basically evacuate the planet because Unicron. And the Autobots, they, I mean, they relent. They're like, fine, when they find out Optimus ordered it. But they do not seem to be very impressed with Optimus. Well, they even say, so everything up until now was just a waste. We're just throwing that out the window. And I have written down, and John ripped half the hair out of his friggin' head. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. The, the show became self-aware <laughs> at that point. Uh, so then we go to the kids, and uh, Carlos mocks Rad for practicing basic personal hygiene. Yeah, so Rad's taking a shower, and he's like, well, there was nothing going on. I had to take a shower. You should try that once in a while, too. And Carlos says something about, what, are you saying a smell? Or something like that. And <laughs> they think they're going to be up against Unicron soon. Yeah, Rad has a, he says something about, like, I wonder if meeting the Minicons was fate. And, and then he's, okay, he says something like, hey, uh, Carlos, do you think it was a coincidence that we met the Minicons? And Carlos is like, yeah, of course. He says, well, what about all the ones after? Was that coincidence too? It's like, no, you sought them out. You searched <laughs> for them. It is not coincidence that you found them. Yep. And Red actually really thinks the Minicons traveled to Earth to meet children and then you know after waiting four million years and he thinks he might have known Highwire before a long time ago and carlos is like man are you high and i'm gonna side with carlos at this point um then we go to galvatron and he's angry at some nobody decepticons he just it doesn't even matter but then hotshot and wheeljack update the autobots and while they're talking everybody seems fine with wheeljack being there. There's no question. Yeah, exactly. Alexis is like, uh, oh, he's been on our side for a while now. And yeah, you know what, Alexis? I'll believe that when I see it. And Wheeljack yeah, says, not been. the place is kind of a maze of tunnels. And Highwire says, I recognize that location. And then Rad's like, Highwire, you said you recognize that location. And it's apparently <laughs> the yeah. location where the minicons were created. It's where we were made. And, and Highwire is just 
talking now. He like, it's not that he could say one or two words, enemy. It's that this this little prick could talk the whole time and chose not to. (laughs) And now at the location where the minicons were created, Starscream's still running around looking for thrust. And then Wheeljack and Hotshot are making their way down a wall, I guess. Yeah, sure. Hotshot falls. And like when he lands, it kind of reminded me of um, the tunnels from Aliens, like when it turns into like an H.R. Geiger. Yeah. Alien looking tunnel. It's it's very organic, but constructed. Well, the thing he lands next to, I have it written down, is a Black Skull Tula from Ocarina of Time. Any Nintendo dear listeners would know that one, but it's just this glowing kind of organic mass here on the floor. Yeah, it's it's the whole thing is creepy. Visually, it's very creepy. Uh, and then the three kids plan to take the minicons into the tunnels, and they're not going to tell Optimus yeah. like, because this works out well every time. I guess they want to take them to they're where they're doing were built it again. It. Leave them without asking. Yeah, yeah like <laughs> d- d- this is why you do not bring the kids along. Hot shot and Optimus commercial break. Yep. And when we come back, thrust is somewhere in the tunnels, yelling for Sideways to show himself, but instead of Sideways, Starscream shows himself. Yeah, they talk for a bit. I I think it's now or maybe later. Thrust is like, hey, you sure you don't want to join me? And this actually happens. It's happened a lot. It will happen more. Mm -hmm. But, like, every time Starscream squares off against somebody, you're like, hey, 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 wait, before we fight, (laughs) you want to join my team, even though you already said no 19 times? (laughs) Back with the kids, there's a giant hole in the ground. They're at that, I guess. And then their minicons in V vehicle mode just start driving down inside with them holding on for dear life and they're like they're in a trance going the same way so so are they on cybertron or they're on the moon of cybertron now it gets muddled yeah it's it's hard to tell who's where and what's going on oh oh, they do uh release laser beak though i guess that's kind of important for later but uh then we go back to thrust and starscream and thrust pulls out the requiem blaster he's got that he also has the um uh boom boom shield (laughs) and he's about to shoot starscream when the kids show up and go no and then he aims at them yep starscream runs to protect them and thrust blasts him with the Requiem Blaster, and he just goes flying back down the hall, and everything goes white. It almost looks like it severs him in half, but yeah, yeah. sends him flying. And then a very young Rad wakes up in the car with his parents on the way to their new home, and this is just going to be dumb. Uh, well, yeah, his dad is, has that monotone, like, oh, you're finally awake, son. That's Hi wonderful. Hi <laughs> Wake up from your nap, We're almost you? at our We're new home. We're almost at our new home. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead inside. <laughs> and Rad's like, yeah, that's great. But what about Starscream and Highwire? And his parents are like, oh, you silly. That was just a dream. <laughs> Your toy. And then he he looks up at the, um, he, he sees the, the mountain with the satellite center, whatever it is. And he hears, uh, he, he, I don't, okay, I don't know if the little kid Rad hears Highwire say, wake up, or Rad and the president heard him say, wake up, and then woke up. But it seems to hint that Rad was now aware of Highwire, even as a little kid. Yeah. And back on Cybertron, the kids wake up and Carlos sees Hotshot and he's lying on this. It's hard to describe, but he's like lying on this, not like a table, but and he's just wired into the place. Like the walls have become part of him kind of thing. And his colors are all faded. And he doesn't remember them or Earth. He says he's never been off Cybertron. Yeah, he's he's being absorbed by 
whatever it is, which we find out because he points out the other Transformers and they see like, you know, it's Optimus and Jetfire and Galvatron's there. And they're all in a further state of decay being like absorbed into the walls. And okay, the kids start talking about this as if it's the past, but it really feels like the future or an alternate present. Yeah, that's what the, the past doesn't make sense here. Yeah. And, and Hotshot's like, we were betrayed and we fell into a trap. And who would have thought the Minicons were created by Unicron cells? This episode really suffers from bad translation because they are jumping around a lot. And because of the bad translation, I have no idea where they are. But yeah, suddenly exactly. stuff changes and I'm maybe they're at the present or in the future now or in another past. I don't know. And there's these giant glowing green orbs that start dripping green goo and minicons fall out. Well, yeah, and I guess they figure they Can went Can we back. just acknowledge that, that somebody on the writing staff was doing some kind of hallucinogenic narcotics? <laughs> Something. I don't know what it was, but they were tripping balls. Yep, these minicons walk past the kids like they're not even there. Like, they even bump into them and keep walking, and Rad It's like Borg on Star Trek. Yes, yeah, so that scene I always mention where Riker's like, either they don't see us or they don't care that we're here. Like, they don't see us or don't see us as a threat. And Red sees Highwire, recognizes him, but when he touches his shoulder, I thought it was Highwire's eyes to do this, but it's somebody's eyes just light up red. It's a super brief shot. I thought it was Unicron, but it might have been sideways. Yeah, it, it's somebody with red eyes for sure, though. And But when Highwire turns to look, he doesn't recognize him, and his R2-D2 voice is a lot deeper. Yeah, uh, the Rad chases, like he walks away, then Rad chases him again. He assumes they're going to war. There's, again, we get like a bunch of flashbacks and then time, I, I don't know what's going on at this point, but I think time rewinds and we see Starscream get shot, but in reverse and then thrust shoots upward. Well, Is that what happened? Well, just before that, though, just before they warp back, I guess, Red tells Highwire, you know, take the Minicons and escape to Earth to avoid the fighting on Cybertron, we'll, and we'll be waiting for you there. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was the point where I threw up in my mouth. <laughs> yeah, everything like, rewinds. Talk about Stars convenient, convenient rewriting. <laughs> everything rewinds, and Starscream gets unshot, and Thrust is about to reshoot him, but the Minicons form Perceptor, who jumps at Thrust, and doesn't do a damn thing, but it is enough distraction for Starscream to grab the Requiem Blaster, and they start struggling to grab it from each other. Mm. And uh, wherever Hotshot and Wheeljack are, they see the blast go through the ceiling, um, and you know what? I got to give this episode some credit. We do get a legitimate cave-in here. Oh, it's yeah. G1 worthy yeah. cave-in. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, and when, when the dust settles, we find out that... Um, oh, Laserbeak finds Hotshot. They've, okay, then we're going to get the kids. But when the dust settles, we find that Starscream stayed behind and didn't chase Thrust and protected all the kids from the falling rock. Aw. Yeah, and uh, Alexis thanks him, and he doesn't say anything, but he does smile, and then he runs off. And then Highwire tells Rad that we met in the past, or the present, or the future, whatever's super convenient for the plot, and gets us out of this bullshit hole we've written ourselves into. In the first episode, in, say, 1985, why not? Rad and Carlos decide to check out a cave and find Highwire, which sets them on the path where they meet the Transformers and end up on Cybertron. Fine. On Cybertron, the Requiem Blaster causes a time warp, which sends the kids to alternate 1985, let's call it, where the Minicons never left Cybertron and everything's gone pear-shaped for the Transformers. 
Then the kids go back farther in time to when the minicons were created, say 1955, they burn the sports almanac. I mean, they meet Highwire for what, for Highwire, is the first time, and tell him to lead the minicons to Earth so they can escape the fighting on Cybertron. Four million years go by, and next thing you know, Rad finds Highwire for what, for Rad, is the first time. That's why Highwire insisted Rad had to come to Cybertron so he could set the chain of events in motion that had got them to that point, which means technically this is alternate 1985. Either way, we're here. But a lot of other shit still needs to happen to get Rad to go back in time in the future, and the future isn't written. Literally anything Rad does or doesn't do from the first episode till now could prevent that future event from happening. Highwire would be a nervous wreck watching the stupid kid and his wacky shenanigans. And why didn't Highwire in the past question what Rad was telling him? Oh, hello, strange creature. Go to Earth, you say? Well, I've only been alive for two minutes and I've never seen outside this tunnel, but you seem trustworthy. Of course I know we're... Here we are at the end of another episode of the Transformers Nitpickers Podcast show Drift. Paul, what went off course on this episode? Uh, it's hard to follow. The first time through, if you watch it a second time, the scene with Hotshot in alternate 1985, whatever you want to call it, it makes a lot more sense. I mean, for real Motohira, it's not bad, but for for anyone else, it'd be pretty damn bad. It was, yeah, muddled episode. I mean, I, I said it during the review is that, you know, it was an episode that jumped around a lot. And when you tack the translation problems that this series has on top of that, like, like we we're talking with Hotshot, I really believe that that was an alternate timeline where Rad never met Highwire. Yeah. The translation just f's it up, and you know says it's the past, which makes no sense. No, well, I mean, I guess it's kind of the past from where we're at now, but at the same time, it's it's definitely an alternate reality. Yeah, they don't really go out of their way to make that clear. Yeah, you know, at times I wanted to shake my hands in the sky and say, like, God damn you, Rio Motohira. How how can you write something as enjoyable as Puppet and then something as goofy as this? It just, it, <laughs> the, the man is, oh man, he's a spectrum of talent. He's not batting a thousand. He's not even batting 500, let alone a thousand. <laughs> you know what he's doing? He is somehow batting every number between one and a thousand. <laughs> he is at times great and at times horrible and at times, eh. eh. <laughs> Paul, you know what? Doesn't have the ups and downs of Real Moto Hero's writing career and is consistently fun is On the Darts. Here we go. Paul, this episode of On the Darts is going to be Constructicons across the <laughs> series. Uh, the first one we're going to throw it here, leader of the Constructicons, G1 Scrapper. G1 Scrapper. Uh, yeah, I could definitely see him smoking, for sure. Well, he's got Michael Bell's evil voice, so it's like, yeah, kind of thing. So, yeah, I could, I could picture, like you said with Swoop, where he'd have, like, the, the broken cigarette, but still smoking it anyway. Yeah, and you've, you've mentioned Cyril Sneer a few times. I could see Scrapper having a cigarette dangling off the, you know, his bottom lip, just <laughs> hanging there. He's, he's, he's kind of not even smoking it and yelling it, you know, orders out in the construction. Yard. Yep. <laughs> okay, this one confused even me when I was writing it down and wondering, but Devastator from Revenge of the Fallen. Oh, the, the big goofy looking thing that climbed the pyramids. thing, yeah. Didn't it have like the truck nuts or something on it? Or, there was the two wrecking balls hanging on it. <laughs> yeah, that were like wrecking balls. Yeah, it was Michael Bay. But does this Devastator, not the individual pieces, but does that Devastator smoke? Does anybody smoke in the Michael Bay movies? I can't even think. Uh, Maybe? I, I, I don't know. I don't even know that it would... Because it, it's more of a monster than a, in an actual uh, as it, as a sentient being. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what it probably does? Is it hangs around tar pits and gets high off the fumes. 
<laughs> and then it's not dangle and bang back <laughs> forth. Okay, let's let's go back to G1. Uh, Mixmaster. Smoke. Um, I could see him more like a meth cook. <laughs> there's that episode where he's like, uh, I know, I'll just take some H2SO4 and mix it with this and mix it with that. <laughs> but and all of a sudden, again, he's, he's got, got Eisenberg's blue meth. <laughs> yeah. Well, he had uh, Don Mesk's kind of evil. Not, not so much evil, because it's almost the same voice as the professor in Wacky Races. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. If Mixmaster is, like, like I, and I, I dig it that he's probably a meth cook. He's the chemist. But <laughs> it, does he get high on his own supply, or is he just getting the other Constructicons tweaked out of their head? Uh, I think it'd be more so the second one, yeah. He's he's cooking it for them. Okay, uh, let's go to Animated. Dirt Boss. <laughs> Definitely. Absolutely. Again, it would be like the, the old man smoke where he's talking and like 90 mile an hour winds going by. That cigarette's not going nowhere. It never goes out. And same with his hat. That hat never blows off. <laughs> I can picture it being stogies, like a thick stogie that's like smoked three quarters of the way down and <laughs> never gets shorter. Always is just short and stocky. I mean, he's a short, stocky guy. He's got this stubby cigar. Yeah. Gum, all gummed up and chewed up at one end. Okay, let's let's go back to some G1. Uh, kind of a Constructicon, but kind of not anymore, but Hauler. Oh, way, way, way back in like the first episode where Cliff Jepper goes over the cliff? He was. Uh, he was wasn't he one of the Constructicons that helped build um, uh, Omega Supreme? Uh, in some continuity, maybe I'm wrong. Either way, is Hauler on the darts? Um, I don't know. Probably not. No, I, uh, I, I think he would, if he ever was, like his buddy Hoist came in and went, man, well, hey, no, 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 look, we're Autobots. Kids are watching. Don't, don't be, put them things out. <laughs> okay, last one. Uh, Devastator again, but G1 Devastator. Uh, oh, wow. Because G1 Devastator, he's, he's supposed to be like what very little these six psychopaths that hate each other can agree on, which is just smash everything. I don't know if he would. I, I think he'd be too busy wrecking shit to have the coordination to light a cigarette. I can see that occasionally he would smoke when part of his brain says, I need to smoke right now, but he wouldn't He wouldn't have like a pack in his back pocket. He wouldn't do it regularly. He would smoke erratically when he had the split-second urge to do it. He'd be like uh, Ricky, a trailer park boy. Hey, smokes, let's go. <laughs> I don't know who he would do it to, but Ricky always used to do that to Trevor. Hey, smokes, let's go. <laughs> Well, here we are, another episode of the Transformers Dip Pickers Podcast Show, uh, the last episode of 2022. Uh, the, next, the next episode Paul and I are going to review is Portent. If you want to see some impotent importance, you can find <laughs> us on Twitter. I'm at John Sobe. Paul is at pmcpherson1. Yeah, make sure you rate and review us on your podcast app, whatever it is you listen to us with, and tell all your friends, tell everybody you know. That's very important to do. <laughs> I, you know, I had to Google this, Paul. Like, like portent and important are, they almost mean the same thing, but not quite. God, I'm so glad I, I was born in English. I, I learned English. It's my native tongue. What a fucked up language this is. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh! Uh, you can also email us uh, transformersnippickers at gmail.com and by the way, dear listeners, yes we have received your letters and yes, we are going to do a review of Age of Extinction soon it's, it's on the schedule, mm-hmm. it will happen it's coming. What else do we have to say? Keep on transforming? Is that what I say? Yeah, keep on transforming! <laughs> See you later!
they're in a trance going the same way.